Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. All right, hey everybody. This is uh, this is your host of the U School podcast for today. My name is Scott Schimmel. Technically, I call myself the chief guide and president of the company. And today we've got a, a cool guest because he's a good friend of mine. His name is Anthony Moore. Anthony and I met. Oh, I don't know, probably ten years ago. Anthony, back when you were back when you were a wee lad, a college student at uh, at my arch rivals, San Diego State Aztecs. Uh, so Anthony, I want to welcome you to the podcast today and the show and, uh, and the, the context of today, the, the theme of the month that we're in every episode, we, we try to stick with the theme. So we don't just ramble and talk about everything in life, but the theme of the month that we're looking at is, is about, uh, it's about finding a vision for the kind of person that you want to be. And the theory behind this, and this is core to you schools, philosophy and methodology is that every single person has uh, is going to become someone and uh, and without reflection without really processing without getting a vision of the kind of person that you want to be you are going to wake up someday and realize that your character and who you are has been baked it's been uh, it's been set it's been formed and in order to change at that point makes it really difficult and we've also found that there's no better time to reflect on who you are and the story that you're telling with your life than when you're in a season of transition. And so, Anthony, welcome you to the show. And also, you're the perfect guy because you, more than a lot of my friends, have been through plenty of transition in your life. And you, more than most of my friends, have also thought a lot about who you are and the kind of person that you want to be. So, welcome to the show, Anthony. And as I welcome you, why don't you tell the listeners about who you are and what you're up to? Thank you so much, Scott. Really great to be here. I'm kind of in a, I would say a weird place right now because I am in transition right now and I feel like I've, I've been in transition for a long time. Right now, I'm self-employed. I am working from home. I finally started my own business where I can help people through my writing. I write a lot about personal growth, self-improvement. I'm writing a book right now, launching online courses. Before, I was all about my nine-to-five job. I went to school got a master's degree, was working in my field. I have an English degree and a psychology degree. But after a while, I just got sick of it. I just knew deep in my heart, this was not what I wanted to do. So soon, my, or soon after that, my wife and I quit our jobs. We packed our bags and moved to South Korea for a year and a half, taught English, traveled the world, really did one of the most important things for our lives. Well, one of our main goals was to travel, see the world, do that and not just get fat and lazy at our old corporate jobs. Hmm. Did that, came back, and here I am. So there's a lot going on, but I specialize right now in writing to people and working with them, talking with them about personal growth, self-improvement, and how they can transform from who they were and maybe who they are, which might not be what they want, into the person they want to be in. As we'll talk about, I have a lot of experience in that. I remember remember a, a conversation. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember having a conversation with you and I don't know if you were a junior in college or senior in college, but I remember having a conversation with you and uh, I think I'd known you a little bit, known who you were, 
but the conversation I remember is when I asked you what your major was and you told me English <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, and I don't know, I hope I didn't laugh. <laughs> but I was definitely laughing inside. You my might head. have. You might yeah, have. I yeah. might have. Um, but I remember some sort of conversation. I'm sure I asked you the question to the effect of, so what are you going to do with that? And, uh, and I would only, looking backwards, I'm probably sure I said, so are you going to be a teacher? Like, what, right. like, what do you like do? With that? Nothing against English majors because in my, in my former life, if I were totally free, and honest back when I was in college, I probably would have been an English major too. But um, do you remember that conversation? Do you remember that season of life where you were, you're about to graduate college and you were an English major and you were trying to figure out what you were going to do? Like what, what was that like for you? I vividly recall that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if uh, talking to you about that in particular, but I got that same reaction from a million people when I said <laughs> I was an English major, the raised eyebrows, the, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What I do remember is I loved that I was an English major and I was so sure of that, despite all the confusion around that. My dad wanted me to be a Navy SEAL. He wanted mm. me to join the, the military, kind of his goal that he never did, or to be an engineer. And he was always a little disappointed whenever I told him that I'm, I'm doing writing and I'm doing mm-hmm. you know, this, this artsy creative stuff. And the words he would use was, was foo-foo. That, 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 that's what he would use. He would, huh. He would say, like, that's his artsy foo-foo stuff. So even with all that, with, with my dad, with, with, with people kind of raising their eyebrows, I vividly knew I wanted to be a writer. I didn't know what capacity yet, but despite all the people around me, all of the, I mean, I think just social norms, like, I've, I've, I've read a million of those blogs saying that mm-hmm. English majors are like the 10 least making money type, mm-hmm. you know, de- degrees out there. Mm-hmm. I said, screw it. I want to do this. This is my dream. So despite all that, I was vividly and distinctly committed to whatever that goal was, but I knew that it was something I wanted to do. So tell us about what you did. Uh, You mentioned this job, corporate job you didn't like, but what was that? Tell us about that journey from English major to graduation to jobs to career. Like just, you know, you can't tell us the whole story, but what, what was that like? And, and, and again, the theme of this is the kind of person that you're becoming. And so through that lens, what, what did you do after college? How did, did you get employed? Are you, are you, <laughs> you said you're self-employed now. So the first few months of college, I was desperately trying to find a job and I started out by writing reviews for rest homes as, as, as odd as really? that sounds. Yeah, I was writing 10 bucks an hour from a Starbucks shop for some guy and I would write him, I, w- I, would, I would call these rest homes and ask him about what type of dementia care they had and whatnot. So mm. kind of random, did that for about a month or two. Found a job, a full-time job on Craigslist, which is the one in a million lottery shot. I don't recommend wow. going that route, but it worked for me. Found a job at the startup that I eventually found out was pretty sketchy and weird. They had me emailing potential vendors they were this online website marketing company i was emailing vendors from a woman's email address like it was like the name was a woman which i'm not a woman uh-huh. but he, he was saying that yeah because people respond to women more in emails so do that so my my alias name was laura johnson <laughs> I, I still recall that so that was that was weird after a while they they uh laid me off the whole startup just kind of like started to fall apart Mm. so i was doing some writing for them but that 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 fell apart after that i was just crushed i was looking for a job for six months completely 
discouraged, unemployed. I was, I was broke, hopeless. I, I had nothing going on for me. Kind of crawled my way into a sales job. Actually, as I recall, Scott, you told me about. So this <clears> is all on you. Sorry, dude. <laughs> sales job. Sorry, was, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> the sales job was so hard, but it was a huge learning experience for me. One of my things growing up was I stuttered, I stammered when I was a kid. Mm. I had a really bad kind of speech impediment where I just, I just talked too fast. I, I mumbled. Had to go to speech therapy. So. Working at a telemarketing sales mm. job was an incredibly difficult experience for someone with that background. Mm. To hear your voice played for you over and over and your whole sales team dissecting exactly why oh, your call went wrong. Wow. But that taught me sales and I wasn't doing any writing at the time, but I learned a lot. Eventually transitioned into a career coach for students, for adult students. We were working at an online school and I was coaching them. And I just kind of figured out like, hey, it's been three or four years. I'm not doing what I want to do right now. I am blogging inconsistently. No one's reading my writing. Hmm. I'm not really doing what I want to do with, with my life. I was in grad school then. I was working full-time. And I was in full-time master's degree. I was just getting fat. I was getting lazy. I was getting bored. I wasn't sleeping well. I was antsy and angry. And I just, I just couldn't stand it anymore. And so I just, well, tell, tell me more about that. Cause that's interesting. I, I don't think you're the only one who would feel that way. Not necessarily use those adjectives, but some list of adjectives of, I don't know, feeling stuck, feeling overwhelmed, feeling sad, depressed. Like what, what did that, where did you go with that? Like how, cause I know what you're, you're taking us to this, this transition, this pivot. What, what was that? Take us a little bit deeper into the darkness of Lord Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was a hard time and I didn't have a lot of direction then. I was going to counseling during that time. I had finally dealt with years and years of just emotional turmoil and relationship with my father and self-worth stuff. And so during this time after college, I was kind of just this like new kid coming out of his shell for the first time and dealing with these emotions. And that was really hard. I, I had guys like you, Scott, and therapists and, and mm -hmm. counselors to, to guide me through. But it was hard still sitting with that. And I think for the first time, um, I, I didn't run to just get drunk all the time or like to binge on pornography or, mm -hmm. or something just, just to escape these negative feelings. So basically, my life was just the same every day. I would wake up. I, I would sleep until the latest I could, rush to work, and I just remember thinking I would just clock in physically with like my, my time card with a clock out mentally. So I was just totally disengaged. Uh, I, I would just kind of go through the day in a gray stupor. And I, I knew it was wrong. I knew that what I was feeling wasn't what I was meant to do. I was, I was, I wasn't capital D depressed, but like I was, I was getting just mm -hmm. like this, this lower D depressed where I, I just, I was just sad. I was bored. I was angry. I was frustrated. And I would just sit with that every single day. I would overeat. I would oversleep. I would binge watch stuff on television. Mm. And I just deep, deep down below all of that garbage, I, I knew this wasn't right for me. But I just, I just kept doing it. I was, I was telling myself I have to pay off bills. I have to wait. I have to finish school. Um, I can't quit now. Like my boss says like, that like they really need me. And I just kind of was this walking zombie. But deep down, I knew that, that that wasn't right. And so it just kind of reached a point where I was just so sick of it. 
And I don't know if there was a distinct day, but I just said, look, like I was talking to my wife. I said, we can't do this anymore. Like we're both like 30 pounds overweight. We're both angry with life and we're, we're, we're bored. Nothing is really going the way we want it to go. Let's just maybe quit and go somewhere. Like, like why not now? Hmm. We were in our mid twenties and didn't have kids yet. So I think for me, it just took a lot of years of just sitting in that like broken, depressed, angry, bored, frustrated, um, just, just sitting with that. Hmm. And that after years later, finally, I just got sick of it. And I think a lot of people just have, have to sit with that for way longer than I did. But for me, it took three or four years of that where I finally said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm wasting my life. I, I don't want to feel this bad. How can I feel good? And that meant moving away from all of that. And that's a huge shift. That's, that's the kind of thing movies get made of, like eat, pray, love. And we're, we're, I think a lot of people look at that. I don't know if you've had friends tell you this, but I think a lot of people look at what you did and think, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could quit my job. Uh, maybe that's people that feel like they have more obligations or maybe they have uh, kids or financial debt or something. But um, yeah, why do you think people, why do you think you were able to make that leap, that change? And why do you think a lot of people, I'm sure you have friends like I do, who are just, are, they stay stuck for a long time. So what's, what's different about you and why do you think your other people get stuck in that? Well, that starts a long time before that, that fear period. That's, that started for me when I was growing up and who I was then. And in a nutshell, I had a lot of bad issue with my father. He was never around. I just felt awful about that. I got into pornography from a really early age. I mm -hmm. became pretty much addicted from about age 10 to 12. And for all my teen years, I was kind of this internally, just this, this frozen in time, 12 year old who couldn't deal with his issues mm. while outwardly I was, you know, this, this 18 year old church going young athlete who looked like he had it all together. Mm. So that's who I was internally for a long time. And in college, when I met my wife, I said, you know what? I saw my parents get divorced. I saw their relationships fall apart. I saw them go bankrupt. I saw us lose the house. If I don't take care of this crap that I have inside of me, I might end up just like them. I might end up divorced and broke mm. with a terrible relationship with, with, with my son. Let's fix this. And that's when I went, I went to counseling. Mm. I even got involved in some 12-step programs for my just really severe addiction to pornography and, mm. and lust. And if you're asking me, like, how can people change from that to who they are? There's a moment in time where you just have to realize that I am on a path right now that is not leading me in a good direction. How can I change that? For me, that was counseling. That was, that, mm. was, that was therapy. That was working through the issues and kind of overturning all those emotional rocks that had just been sit, sitting there for years. Yeah. And eventually, I was able to make this decision that I could not have made before. I was, mm. I was terrified of people. I couldn't stand up to myself. I, I had this, this boss in my sales job who just completely walked all over me. Which I can only kind of see that looking back now because at the time I was, I was scared of standing up to a bully. And I was scared of saying what I really wanted to say, what the deep frozen inside Anthony wanted to say. Like that, that person wasn't able to make decisions, make choices. I was only able to kind of go with the flow and do what people told me. And I think a lot of people are like that. They have these issues with 
their parents, with, with growing up, with, with bullies, with whatever it is, which we've all experienced, like we've, we've all been beaten down. Yeah. But it's those of us who want to get back up and choose to get this stuff in the open. Those are the ones who can make these life-changing decisions on their own consciously in the face of huge adversity and do it. Because before, I don't think I could have said, you know, we're going to leave, we're mm-hmm. going to we're gonna travel, we're going to take this risk. Before, I think I was just so panicked with not making my boss angry, you know, and, and paying our bills on time and kind of fitting into the mold of what people wanted me to be. So I had to make a choice to really deal with all that stuff that was preventing me from being the person I wanted to be. Because until then, I wasn't able to make these big choices that gave me what I really wanted. I was, I was stuck in people pleasing and being this quiet, obedient person when inside I was like, no, this is wrong. I don't want to do that. Mm. But I couldn't say that because I was just kind of frozen in time. So I had to deal with that. And anyone listening, you can talk to a lot of people about that. You can work with, with, with you school, with pastors, with mentors, but until you do that, you're not going to be able to make those big decisions that the real you always wanted to make. One of the, I think the thing that struck out to me about the story you just told was, I mean, we talk a lot about in school getting a, getting a vision for the kind of person you want to be. And I, th- we, I think up to what you just said, I've always thought of that as a very aspirational vision, like picture who you'd be at your best, but what you, it sounds like what you didn't tell me if I'm wrong, what, what you did, you actually, you had a vision for who you're going to be. And it was really bad. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I'm going to turn into not to pick on your dad. I don't think he's a listener, but like, you thought, I'm gonna, if I don't change this, I, the vision of who I'm going to be is like that. I'm going to re- reproduce that. That's, that's actually pretty profound because that's, I don't know. That reminds me of uh, the Christmas. Was it the, was it the Christmas story? Not that the, uh, the ghost of Christmas future concept oh, yeah. all these movies that, that show you what, what's get, what you're going to turn into. And it's like, it's, it's not a dream. It's more like a nightmare. And that could be really, it sounds like for you, that was incredibly motivating. Yeah. And, and I could relate to that to some degree as well. Just like, I don't want to turn into that, which is in my version of that. I, did, I didn't want to turn into just a nice guy. I didn't want to turn into just someone who, who does pay his bills and keeps his head down and, um, I wanted to be big. I wanted to be great. I wanted to be large. And so the fear of becoming small for me really propelled me to change and grow. So that's, so that's cool, Anthony. I, um, uh, that could be a powerful exercise. <laughs> like that could be pretty depressing. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, why don't you, so listeners right now, why don't you <laughs> turn this off and pull out a piece of paper and a journal and just get quiet about uh, what, what's the worst case scenario? The worst future you could be. <laughs> yeah. You meeting yourself 20 years from now and you haven't changed and you haven't grown and you actually become maybe more solidified in your habits, in your character. And, and I've heard that to be true. I've heard people say that people that work with the elderly that a lot of times I've heard someone say that, uh, when, when we get old, we tend to calcify, we tend to, um, become even like a stronger, more um, potent version of who we've been as we were younger. And sometimes, especially uh, with elderly, you can, you can see that turn into very sweet, kind people. I'm watching that. I'm watching that happen to my grandfather as he enters into a season of old age. He's just turned 90 and he's um, dealing with some version of dementia, but he's, he is the most generous, kind, open, warm, loving I've ever seen him. 
and uh, and it's really it's really beautiful. And I've seen other people who get old and they get worse. Uh, they get more judgmental. They get meaner. They get critical. Um, so, anyways, that's that could be a really that could be a really powerful vision. Now, when yeah. you think about your life, where you're at now, and you're projecting to the future, on the on the aspirational side, what kind of person do you want to be? Maybe five, ten, twenty years from now. What what what's on your mind for you? Well, for so much of my life, I wasn't really myself. Like I said, from age ten to twelve, I was just heavily into pornography, and basically, when you give yourself to an addiction like that you kind of cease to be who you really are you like take on this this false self your real self is buried deep beneath the addiction and the avoidance of responsibility and the pain and the stuff you're you're just numbing yourself against and for a long time i kind of had created this huge iceberg of unresolved issues and whenever i looked at pornography the ice would have a fresh coat of like being being frozen over but the longer i went without it the more stuff was, was thawing out and, and was, was coming out. And beneath all of that was my real self, but it was just frozen in there. So if you ask me where I want to be in 5, 10, 20 years from now, I have been on the path in the past several years to unfreeze all of that, un- resolve all the unresolved stuff, and just really be who I am deep, deep down, my, my real self. Hmm. And I kind of just want to keep doing that. I, I just love who I am. You know, I was, I was reading recently that like in uh, this, this self-help book that it's like, we finally found something better than like our addiction and like better than, than what we, we like fantasize about. We found reality and reality is just so wonderful and it's real and it's imperfect, but it's, it's real. It's just so powerfully real. And for so long, I didn't even know what that was. Hmm. So I want to become myself and whatever myself does whether it make make this huge business or help people or be successful that's almost the cherry on top but for me just to be able to live a life where i can be truly myself and like look in the mirror and just say that's a real person i know who that is i'm not ashamed to look at you i'm not confused when i look at you i'm not frustrated Hmm. or just just have no idea what that is if i can look at myself and say i know what you are i know who you are you are the real self and i i'm talking to that person that is just intoxicating for me. That, like, wow. I just never had that. And whatever I do with that is great, but the more I can become myself. And I've, I've discovered that I'm never really going to be 100% there. Like, I'm never going to arrive mm-hmm. perfectly there because I can always get off track, become the false self again, start acting like someone I'm not. But the more I can do that, I think a byproduct of that is going to be naturally success and, and blessings and favor. If I just do that, the rest will follow. Like if, if I focus on the micro just mm-hmm. today, how can I be who I am today? I think the macro will take care of itself. Is there an exercise that you do? Is there something that you do on, the, um, on a daily sort of rhythm? Is there something that you do or that you've done that would be helpful to keep that vision in front of you? Because what you just said, Anthony, was mature, wise, deep. I'm sure people listening to this both uh, – envious of what you just said but also there's a couple things you said i think um melted my mind a little bit (laughs) so like what did he just say um is there something that you (laughs) do practically or have done or would recommend that that helps you keep that in front of you i do a lot of journaling and for a lot of people that's always been a hard thing for them but when i say journaling i just mean for a few minutes in the morning before my day starts 
I just kind of journal and it's just this stream of consciousness. What am I feeling? And like, usually it's like, what am I angry about? Cause I feel mm-hmm. like I, I am angry about a lot of things sometimes. I just kind of flush it out, get it out there. And that's my real self talking almost all the time. Like that is 100% me and I write sloppy and weird and I misspell things, but it's just like, who, mm. what does my real self want to say right now? I just get it out there. And after I'm done and like that could take five minutes, which anybody can do that. Just this messy, sloppy, what are you thinking right now? And once you get that out there, you have this physical piece of, oh, this is my, my, my real self. This is evidence that it is there. And you can kind of ruminate on that. Um, I learned in counseling that there's this idea of uh, your top plate, which if you, if you think about going to a buffet, they have that big old stack of plates there. And once you take one off, another one pops up. What is your top plate mm. right now? Like, what is your body, your mind, your spirit, whatever? What is that telling you? Like, what is on the surface right now? And then write that out, talk it out. I prefer journaling. And the more I do that, the more like plates come up, so to speak. And mm. the more I, I get closer to my real self. So for me, just a really practical way is just to write down what's going on. Like, what are you angry about? What are you sad about? And for me, that almost works better than like, what am I happy about? What am I excited hmm. about? I, I like focusing on the negative because usually the, beneath the negative is the truth, is mm. the positive nugget of, of what is actually going on. And for me, it's easier to find that through journaling about negative stuff like frustration and sadness yeah. and fear and, and anxiety. So for me, I just do that. And I found that consistently over the years, I have written down very profound things where I said, wow, I, I never even realized that. Mm. But just for after a few minutes of journaling, it just came out like more will be revealed to you mm. the more you journal. So that's one wow. simple thing you can do. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. Thanks for sharing that. What, Anthony, just to wrap up, um, we could talk for hours. I know that we probably will after we hang up on this. <laughs> what, uh, how can people find you? Um, you mentioned you're a writer. You have online courses. How, how can people get more from you? Because you've got a tremendous amount of wisdom and life to share. How, how can we connect with you? The easiest way is my website, which is stuffgradslike.com, like college graduates. Mm-hmm. Stuffgradslike.com has all my articles, my courses, my contact information there. I would love to talk to anybody who has questions about this kind of stuff and becoming who you are and shifting from the before and after and how you can do that. I just love talking about that. So you, you can reach me there and find all of my information on the website. Mm. It's awesome, Anthony. Hey, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thanks for, well, thanks for being a friend for me and uh, sharing uh, about your life is, is a really rich conversation. So thanks to you, Anthony. And then thanks for you listeners for listening in. You can find more uh, conversations like these on the Usco podcast, as well as a bunch of other articles and, uh, and um, resources on our website, theusco.com. So until next time, so long. Thank you for tuning in to the U-School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. 
You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. Make sure your life reads like a great story.